Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 51 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? Good. I feel like 51 is like we just hit a big milestone or like yeah, went over we, a hurdle or last week. For it's all downhill from here. <laughs> no, we're ramping up. <laughs> we're ramping up. Um, uh, yeah. So in, in that vein today, we are talking about um, getting organized for summer. You know, can you believe it's, it's right around the corner? I don't know really how that happened. right around the corner, especially if your kids get out in May. We know everybody's all over the map. Um, yeah. But I'm excited to talk about this because you and I have kids from toddler through teenager. Um, and even if your kids aren't in school yet, summer is a new season. And whether you're working outside the home or you're home with your kids or you're trying to work at home while your kids are home, summer is a game changer. I yes, think absolutely for everybody. So um, we're going to talk about kind of getting ready for all that summer brings and a few tips we have for getting your home and your life and your headspace organized so that you can enjoy summer. I think yeah. you and I both fall in the category of people who aren't super structured about our summers. Like we're not schedule bucket listy type people. We're going to talk more about that later. But I don't. I think that um, that doesn't mean we can't be ready for it. And in fact, yeah. I think a little organization on the front end lets you relax more. As yes, summer absolutely. Takes over. Agreed. So, just enough, just not too much. Yes, just enough just organization. Enough. Yes. Um, so... Let's get right to it. Um, have you guys started the end of school year slide into oh like gosh. when the kids start bringing stuff home or having projects or I'm talking specifically about the paper average, yeah. the onslaught. You know, I would say we, we've we definitely started to slump, <laughs> but we have not. I feel like our end of school year paper madness happens in a really short concentrated period of time. Like I'm talking five days. It'll yeah, be, it'll end. go from just whatever to suddenly there's huge art portfolios coming home and mm -hmm. all this paperwork and then all the sign up stuff for the summer, um, right. all the summer programs and stuff. I feel like right. it all happens like in the last five to 10 days of school. So I'm right. not, we're not quite there, but I'm definitely gearing up. Yeah. So have you over the years, do you have, 
anything to say to our dear listeners about managing all that paper that come home that comes home specifically how to decide what to keep and where to put it when it's the younger kids especially art projects or their writing journals or whatever comes home at the end of the year yeah i usually um, I'm pretty ruthless about paper. I, I've learned that I have to be with as number the number of kids that I have. And I also have found that the stuff that seems really cute when they're like in preschool, yeah. you kind of realize after multiple kids in preschool, that's a dime a dozen, like all right. those, you know, things that don't pack well that have yes. cotton balls on them Tissue and, paper and, and macaroni and stuff. Yeah. And I, I kind of remember, you know, I, I kind of was thinking back the other day about when I was a kid and sadly all of my childhood stuff is gone. I don't know where it went. Um, I don't know if it was lost in a move. I have none of it and I'm still a functional human being. Yeah. Um, so I just want to like let, put that out there if you haven't saved your kid's stuff or if it was lost somehow or whatever. Um, I mean, it's kind of like, oh, that's a bummer. I wish I could see some of that stuff, but I promise you it does not plague me from day right. to day. Right. So I will say though, when I was like nine or 10, I really got in this big habit of looking at my school papers, which I did still have at that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember very distinctly that the things that really mattered to me were things that really showed my personality at certain ages. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. misspelled, you know, adorable misspelled stories or something funny that maybe I wrote. The stuff that, you know, was just whatever, colored in worksheets or whatever. I didn't care about that stuff. Even as a kid, I didn't care about my own, you know, versions of those things. So I've kind of carried that forward now. And I try to look at every piece of paper and think, does this – is this unique – like when I look at this in 10 years or 20 years, will I know which kid this was? Mm -hmm. Is this uniquely suited to this kid's Mm -hmm. personality and reflective of that? Um, Mm -hmm. Do I want to saddle my kids with this as adults? Are they going to want to carry this stuff around? I love the idea of keeping mementos, but I think that even something you keep – sometimes has an expiration date for how long you have to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah. I think that's really wise. What you decide to keep because it feels so meaningful at the end of your first year of preschool in a couple of years, you might be like, why did I, exactly? why, why did I keep that? We've, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. Um, we actually have these big accordion, like portfolio file things, you know, like the old accordion office file. Oh folders, yeah. The manila ones like or brown or whatever. Size. Yeah. Um, and they sell them on Amazon. I'll link to the one that we have. Um, I like that they're big. So in the preschool years, they do fit some of the awkward sized, um, larger pieces, but they don't allow for like a ton of, uh, stuff per year and there's right. dividers for year. So it sort of forces you to be ruthless. And I love that it's just in one place. And I'm not, I have no good system during the year. I mean, my system during the year is basically piles or shoved other piles. I don't know. But I do try to, toward the end of the year, um, just put whatever I can find of that kid's things. And I'm right with you. I love writing. I love the writing journals that come home after like kindergarten, first, second grade. Um, because they do, they're writing about things that happened and it's, those are great. Um, but I'm with you on kind of the dime a dozen art projects, but whatever I decide to keep just goes in that big accordion file for mm-hmm. that year. And the other thing I do is I go back to the previous couple years and I look through what I saved. And just like you said, I'm often like, yeah, that doesn't need to go the long haul. So I'm actually purging the last couple of years while putting away this year's, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, we, we do, um, we just have like a big Rubbermaid bin uh-huh. that we keep all of the kids stuff in and at some point I we just because I'm so ruthless yes with five kids and one who is going to graduate high school this year we just moved into our second bin like last year there was a time when I had multiple bins going right and then I went through and pared down um right 
But so we just keep it all together. And at some point, like when a kid is ready to go, I make sure their name is on whatever it is. And I like when the grade is written on it. Sometimes yes. that slips through, but I like when that happens. Um, lots of times teachers are really good about having that on there anyway, so I don't have to worry about it or yeah. the kids have written it. Um, but another thing that we've been doing for the last couple of years is, and the kids these days, they make really great art. I mean, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, my art sucked. It's because the teachers, it's because the teachers are on Pinterest. That's why. You're right. The teachers have such a great, like, wealth of ideas. But I mean, I'm not even talking about just like arts and crafts stuff. I mean, I'm talking like, like their drawings, their technique is good. They're really learning. Like, I feel like I learned how to pinch clay into an animal. And maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm under, underestimating the teacher that I had, my art teacher. Um, I just, I kind of think the kind of art I did as a kid was very crafty, like very uh-huh. arts and crafty. And yeah. I feel like what my kids are doing now is they're learning dimension and scale and perspective and they're learning how to use of color and different um, techniques. So their stuff that comes home is often really surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Like I look at it like, whoa, what? But what I've been doing is hanging. Um, I have a wall behind my desk um, and my desk is in my bedroom. It's kind of like the separate room. Mm-hmm. But it's it's basically in my bedroom. You could call it my office, but it's like an extension of the bed area. So nobody really comes in here except John and I. So I just hang all their stuff behind the desk. And, you know, some of these have been hanging here for a year. Some have been hanging here for a couple of months. I swap them out every now and then. Mm-hmm. And then after a year, if I've lived with something for a year and I think, you know, I still think this is really great, I might frame it and hang it someplace else in the yeah. house. Um, I might pack it away or I might think, yeah. I've gotten everything I need to get it out of that. It's served its purpose. It served that's its our, purpose. That's the Marie Kondo. Like, yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you on for my your wall. time. Yeah, I the Meg, the, the Fran yeah. Mego uh, version. Yeah. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I sometimes will also let the kids then decide. Do you want to hang this in your room? They have, yes. all have plenty of wall space, and sometimes yes. they hang their stuff in their own rooms, and sometimes they don't. So that's another way to kind of live with something for a little while, yeah. before you decide Chuck whether it. yeah before you decide Chuck what you recklessly. want to do with it. You know, and if you've got wall space, especially if it's in like a low. Like this is a low pressure area. It's not like yes. I'm bringing art dealers through here. No one's looking at this wall right. except for me. So it makes me happy to see it. And yeah, yeah, I actually love that idea of almost like a lower traffic. Like you could do like we have a little tiny laundry room. Like you could do a cool gallery of just you can scotch tape things or painters tape things to the wall, guys. Yep. You don't have to mount and Absolutely. frame. Absolutely. Yep. Um, the kids love seeing their stuff on the wall, and I agree that it's not you're not committing to forever. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post Sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion, and because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. 
We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out, (laughs) and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mani system. Yeah. Um, the fridge makes another really good temporary stopping ground. And generally, by the time something's been hanging on the fridge for six months, it's totally beaten up. Yeah. Uh, oh, one more, idea because I know you were about to move on, yeah. but I have to interrupt you. Another thing that I sometimes will do is I will store seasonal art with that yes. season's decoration. Oh, oh I gosh, love it. Twins. Oh yes, my gosh. It's a great tip. And don't you love like at Christmas, I'll yes. pull out the kids' art project and we've got art yes. projects going back to like Jacob in kindergarten. And yes. they get hung up every Christmas and then they yes. get packed away and they they go with the season. There's no point of those things being like in some random bin totally. that we no have one's these ever gonna cute see. Little chickies at Easter that a preschool teacher did where they're attached by a little brad in the corner so the yeah. eggshell oh, yeah. opens up and there's Aww. the cute I mean it is the cutest thing. And both Allegra and Reed did them because they went to the same preschool. And same thing, it's Easter and when they come out, even if I just put them on the bulletin board, it's right. Eastery and then they go back in. I love that tip. I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up. Um, just to reiterate, I would, I also make a point to make sure the kid's name and a date or a grade is on there if you are saving it, because you will think you'll remember that. Yeah. Like, of course I'll remember <laughs> that this is my preschooler's first whatever. You won't. You will not. Like the you handprint won't. turkey, if it doesn't have a name and a date on it, it will just become another thing. And it is, um, I think it's really nice to look back and know how old they were, you know, because yeah, it makes a too. difference. Yeah, so absolutely. That was another good Good tip. Um, So, all right. So we've cleared away the papers that come home, let's assume. Can Um, I actually – can I make a confession? Yes. I was going to wait and make this later, um, but I'm just going (laughs) to do it now. now. I'm going to confess it now. Last year, I I don't know what was going on. I don't know if I was just really tired or if we had a company or if we were going out of town or something. But when the kids brought home all their backpacks, we have – Everyone come, comes in the back door, but there's really not a lot of storage space back there. And then we have like a little foyer at the front of the house, and no one uses that door except the dog. Okay. Because we live on a busy street, so the only person right. that ever goes out that door is a dog on her chain. Nobody else uses that door. Um, so I had all the kids put their backpacks in the foyer and then completely forgot about them. So last year, I did not go through back-to-school paper – or, you know, the paperwork that came home <laughs> yeah. until like a day or two before this year's school year started. So what I have to say about that, I don't recommend it necessarily because there was other stuff like candy wrappers and junk that I had to deal with and I didn't feel like it. But it was kind of nice to have had a little distance. Yes, I think that's helpful. And I was like, oh, it kind of made it really easy for me to decide what to keep and what not to keep because I was already in the mode of new school year. Right, which is a fresher place to be. It was very fresh. (laughs) Right. I wasn't like, oh, I'm so sad that they just finished, you know – third grade, I was like, oh man, today's the first, you know, the first day tomorrow, fourth grade. I need to make room for that. I don't have room for all this in my mind. And a lot of it, I also realized like all those papers that came home, 
that I thought were so important that I'd have. For example, all the notes about back to school acti- or um, summer activities in the area. I really didn't need that on paper. Like yeah. that's what the internet is for now. And I get most of that stuff via email or my friends tell me. So I really, there wasn't like anything I missed. Yeah. And it was right. very freeing to like see yeah. this huge stack of paper and realize that out of all that paper, I still got through the summer just fine without any of it right. <laughs> and completely forgot about it. So I'm not saying use that as a strategy, but hey, if you don't get to it for a while, it's no just, big deal. It's no big deal. And I, um, I'm always aspire to do those things people do where they like take picture photos of kid artwork and then turn it into a photo book. And the truth is I've never done that once in my life, but I still may. Like if you've got a halfway system, if you've got a system that isn't perfect, but is kind of working, go with it because you may, your, your time may free up. And if those things are there, if they have a kid's name on them, you still could go back and create a scrapbook or a photo book. So don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself. And, And the reason it worked having all that stuff sitting around for an entire summer was because it was all out of sight and it was mm-hmm. packed away. It would have been different if it was stacked up on my desk and I felt like, ugh, it's a thing now. Yeah, I have to deal to with me. it. Confession. That's yeah. my confession till like yeah. July. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine <laughs> but, too. But I just, I feel yeah. like there's, there's something to be said for either just kind of not dealing with it or dealing with it, but yeah. not like that in between, like, oh, I got to deal with this. Yeah. The letting it weigh you down. Right. Just let it go. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, I want to move on to this. Might not sound like getting ready for summer, but I'm going to talk about purging clothes and toys seasonally, which really comes up seasonally no matter what. But for me, I have two kids with birthdays end of April and early June. So in late spring, we're typically get they're getting stuff a few presents for their birthdays, and then of course the weather's changing. So I do feel like I. I don't do this on purpose. It's not on the schedule, but I do tend to do a lot more giving away toys to Goodwill or clothes, switching out seasons or sizes this time of year. Um, So a couple of resources I want to point people to because we've talked about this before. One is the post you wrote about how you organize seasonal clothes and hand-me-downs. And it is so thorough. If you guys, especially if you guys listeners live in kind of winter, summer places like Megan and or have a lot of kids you have to read this post because it is, I think it's a game changer. Um, I won't make you describe it all in detail, Megan, <laughs> but um, do you do you have a clothing swap coming up? Is it warm enough? Are you kind of starting yeah. to think about this? But here's one thing I will say. My strategy that I, I wrote about maybe four, four years ago, three or four years ago, works really well from like age, like baby through 12. And then I will say the wheels start to fall off the bus a little bit um, because the kids, like, they used to grow at a very predictable rate. Right. And now the two older ones really, I think their feet are still growing, but I don't think that they're still really growing. So the reasons that they want to stop wearing things aren't the same as they were, you mm-hmm. know, four or five, six years ago. Then we've got one in the middle whose body type is completely different. So he's mm-hmm. thrown the whole thing off. Now I'm like, it's skipping right over William and going for Isaac to mm-hmm. Owen, which means I have to hang on to Owen's. Isaac's stuff a lot longer mm-hmm. and William's stuff when he's done with it, it just goes to goodwill. So, mm-hmm. um, some kids are harder on clothes than others. So I'm not yeah. dismissing my strategy at all. I think it still really works. It worked really, really well for us up until a couple of years ago. And now I still do the basics. Like I still throw everything in one bin. If yeah. it's out of season or doesn't fit, it goes in one place and that's the place I have to look at. So yeah. that has, has definitely followed through. Um, but I'm just, now I'm finding that there's just like little, little, little factors, little variables are are coming in and I have a girl now, which is also throwing things off, but, but still the, the overall system, 
Um, it still works. And so, yes, I'll be doing and that very soon. And I think the key soon. to it was that twice a year, winter and summer, you basically do it all with your hands every in a single piece of day, clothing. every piece of clothing. And yes. I love that because it's one day and it's super thorough. Yeah. And you don't, you're not micro dividing things into like bins of 3T boys pajamas or Which whatever. as we know, something 2T will always sneak in, something 4T will always sneak in. And Maybe you won't even be able to find that bin. So. Yeah. And, and then if you can't find that bin the following year, you're screwed. I mean, that's what I didn't like about that yeah. whole system. It was just too much too many moving parts. Yeah. Um, the other thing I like about doing it the way I do it now where, yes, I lay my hands on every single piece of clothing is sometimes when you get stuff out of storage, it's kind of musty. Um, this actually kind of makes a really easy way to to build in the laundering part. Right. Um, you can make that part of the day. You just yeah. do all the laundry, well, and you're gonna sort everything out. Anyway, but it, right. I let, yours is like one day or one weekend of it's piles a mountain. instead of a lifetime yeah. of piles. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then once it's done, it's done. And then it's out of sight. It's like put away. So yeah, definitely read the post. It's extremely deep. And that post took me like a day to write. Uh, yeah, it is. Because it <laughs> I had to walk through every step to make sure that I wasn't... We should do that in ebook. I mean, I had to walk through every single step to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Yeah. And you explained it really thoroughly. So I yeah. know there's moms out there who are looking for a system and who would just geek out over the level of detail you All right. In. Well, get it. Go to our uh, show notes. It'll be there. Well, with toys... Um, we've talked about this in episode 35. We talked about stuff, junk, and things. Um, but a couple of things to say about getting ready for summer is um, just think about the way the rhythm of your day will change in the summer. And it's different for everybody. If you're working outside the home and your kids are going to camps or whatever the situation is going to be, kind of put yourself in that summer place. And it's a great time to rotate toys or to just move some bins and baskets around. Or, I mean, you can really like change things up. I've moved entire like toy storage systems from one kid's room to another mm. and they play differently with them. Yeah. They, so it's kind of a good time to change things up. And I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this when we talked about it in episode 35, but if you want to get rid of stuff, don't include your kids. Number one, nope. do not use it as don't an opportunity. Don't ask them for their input. Don't ask you, them for their input. If you say, Hey, put uh, some stuff in a bag to give away. I guarantee you it'll have like that one doll dress, yeah. like something random that they found on the floor. A Lego. Or like their brothers and sisters' toys. Right. Like my kids would be really good at giving away somebody else's toys. Um, so, but also use my purgatory tip, which is to put it in a black, not see-through garbage bag and hide it in the garage for like a few weeks, like four weeks, to see if they ask for something in there. Because then you have a you have a little fail-safe. And then also, I've just been doing smaller Goodwill or you know the the people who stop by your house and pick up your yes. items. I've just been doing it more often. You don't yes. have to wait and it doesn't have to be like a grand spring cleaning. Just make it part of like you take out the trash, you take out the goodwill. So this yep. is a great time of year for that, especially if your kids are going to be um, spending more time at home during the summer. Don't don't fool yourself into thinking they need more toys. They probably need less and yes. they probably just need m more space to interact with the toys they've already got for the most part. Yeah. I, I want to add two things to that. Uh, one tip for me, if you're like me and you're, you tend to lose things um, like out of sight, out of mind, um, I, my purgatory is in the back of the car because yes, if I put something yeah. in the garage, it's very likely to get rotated back in somehow or some to get buried or whatever. And I only use black plastic trash can bags ever for Goodwill. I don't use them for anything else. Oh, that's smart. Um, because <laughs> I... It, it's very easy to accidentally give stuff away you didn't mean to or yes. for stuff to end up back yeah. in the trash that you meant to give away. It's just so yeah. I, I like to keep that very separate. So whatever that looks like for you, 
use a bag that you don't use for any, like a type of bag you don't use. Because you'll yeah. think, oh, I'll never forget I meant to give this away. But I promise you, if you look at it again in two weeks, you'll be like, oh, what was I going to do with this? What is happening yeah. to our brains? It's really I just, sad. I just think it's more like the toys all just kind of run together in my head. Yeah. And I'm not really, you know, it's one thing when I'm in that mode and really thinking about it. Yeah. But I'm not thinking that hard about that from day to day. Another place I keep Goodwill temporarily is I have a separate laundry basket in our closet that nobody knows is Goodwill except oh, me. So it's a good place. I'll, I'll Goodwill my own clothes in there. That's kind of how it started. But then if I'm upstairs where our bedrooms are and want to sneak toys away, I can put them in there under some of my clothes. That's now. brilliant. Nobody knows. And it's just a laundry basket. And so, so then evil I, and sneaky. I love it. I have to be. I have to be. You Um, mentioned, um, you mentioned the toy situation and, um, I think this is also a really good time of year to start setting up your outdoor space to encourage independent outdoor play. If your kids are at that stage, you know, like something really simple. Um, sometimes I find that my kids need, um, like a bridge to get them into the yard. So like they need something to get them on the patio (laughs) or the deck, like a, uh, a bin of sidewalk chalk or Mm -hmm. bubbles or something easy that they can just say, I'm going to go out and do that. And then they kind of wander in, in out and do, do something else. Thing. But it's sometimes you need like that thing that's right there yes. to pull them that, to draw them out. And so that I have found that just this time of year, I mean, for 10 bucks, get a few little things that you can keep by the back door that yep. are that initial activity. Yep. Um, it's a really good way to encourage them. I totally, to totally agree. Um, yeah, that's a great tip. So I'm going to shift into planning for fun, meaning looking ahead at the calendar and making room for the things you want to do this summer, whether you're a bucket list type of person or just want to be a little more intentional. So my first tip that I think applies almost to everybody, no matter what your summer looks like, is print a monthly calendar um, or look at a monthly calendar. But if it's in a book or a wall calendar, this is hard because I would recommend seeing the whole summer at once from May to September. Um, And this is really helpful for me because summer seems so endless at the beginning. Mm. But when you're limited to things like weekends, say, or travel, it, it gets filled up pretty quickly. And even if you like a lazy summer with not a lot scheduled, or especially if you like a lazy summer with not a lot scheduled, I think it's good to have that at a glance view. So I'm a big fan. I'm electronic for 98% of all planning, but I'm a big fan of printing my electronic calendar. I actually do that every week with my weekly, Um, but monthly is great in the summer. And just look at it, like visualize where the weekends are and where your trips are if you have them. Like we have two bigger trips usually per summer. So they're already in there. And then when you block those out and then you mark the last day of school and the first day of school, you'll see there's like left. Yeah. yeah, And sometimes, especially if you're looking at weekend activities, it's only like seven or eight weekends if you've already got some things. Um, So that's my first, my first tip. And you don't even have to keep that, but just print it out or get your planner out where you can see the month, the couple months at a glance. Um, So I have not done that yet, but I, I'm going to soon to kind of look at where our trips fall and all of that. We just actually went through and made our plans for the summer, like planned out all of our travel because what we were finding is, you know, weekend trips are always easier. One days are always easy to squeeze in, but there were big trips we've been wanting to do. And somehow we would always run out of summer. Like even if we waited till June, there'd be this activity and that, you know, we'd already committed to have family in town or whatever. And we were just running out of time. So we front loaded this year and put the, what did they say? The big rocks in the, bucket first or I don't know. Yeah. There's some saying, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the big rocks in there first. And so we have like a 10 to 12 day trip out West coming up and we're like, we're getting in that, that it goes on the calendar first. Right. Cause if right. we don't 
put that on. It just won't happen. The stuff yeah. will get um, filled in all around it. So that's on there now. And then we're going up to the UP, um, Upper Peninsula of Michigan again. So that's on there. And then everything else will fit as it fits. Um, mm-hmm. I do recommend, like, if your schedule is re- relatively um, predictable, or even if it's not, I think it's really nice to have one morning or one afternoon or one evening set aside every week that you know is just going to be fill-in time mm-hmm. to just do that beach trip or that zoo trip mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, especially if the kids are all doing activities and, you know, if you're working and that kind yeah. of thing, it's really easy just to let days kind of slip by and not to have everyone all together to do stuff like that. So um, we haven't decided yet what day that's going to be. Sometimes in the past, it's been Saturday mornings. Those are usually pretty free for us. Well, um, and that's a great tip but, as kids get older and are making their own plans too, I imagine, because mm-hmm. you, you yeah, leave Saturday whole, free or leave Sunday if afternoon. If the whole family agrees on that half a day or right. Friday evening or whatever, then you have, you have kids who are like in charge of their own social calendars exactly. and they can commit to that too, or right. they can try. Yep. Yeah. I love totally. that. I love that. Okay, well, my next thing maybe is uh, goes against something you said a few minutes ago, but that is to um, have a little paper file or folder or pile, pile if you're me, of things to do around town locally from magazines or newspapers or those files that come home. And again, hear me out on this. I'm normally electronic and all over the internet, but I can get very distractible when I need to go on my computer or my phone and look for, okay, what time does the library open today? Or what day is, you know, what day is the like kids eat free at what, whatever I get, Mm. I'm like a little bit, uh, I'm not super reliable to stay on task when I have to look at the, look up those things on the fly. So I do actually like to have a few pieces of paper. Um, last year, I think I even had a binder. I was pretty on top of it where as stuff came in that I thought, Oh, that might look fun. Um, I just stuck it in there. And then when the kids are asking, what are we going to do this weekend? Or if I was feeling like planning ahead, I had papers all in one place. So if you're anti-paper, that's fine. Maybe you use Evernote or some other like bookmarking system. But for me, it keeps me a little less distracted, like shiny objects on the internet, if I have a, a paper place for stuff like that. I usually use, we have one of those clips on the fridge yeah. um, with the magnet, but then there's like a clip attached. So I, you can have. I, I'm having fridge envy because my fridge is not magnetic. So oh. all of this talk about. Yeah. Stuff Sorry, on the stainless I'm steel having... lovers. <laughs> You're missing out. No, that's honestly, that's a big reason I do not have a stainless steel fridge. I used to have a stainless steel fridge that was magnetic. Now, I've that never was even great. seen such a thing. Yeah, yes, they do well, exist. It was an old, it was, it was probably early stainless because it was uh, not a very yeah. good fridge otherwise, but yeah. it was magnetic. Yeah. Well, and sometimes the stainless ones have the sides aren't stainless yeah. and you can use the sides. But anyway, and in, in my case, um, I do have a, a fridge that is completely magnetic and I do stick those paper because I just know I'm in the kitchen a lot. Um, so I stick like all the papers in one. And again, like I said before, half of them I'll never need to look at. But when I think to stick them there, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. There's this going on or that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see the value there. It's a it's a balancing thing, right? You know? Yes. If, you, keep, if you can be organized about it and keep it all in a, a, a binder or even just stick it in a file folder um, and, you know, keep it by your computer or wherever it is you would need to use that information. Because that's the other thing. Right. Like if there's a registration form, like a form right. or something – you're probably not going to actually fill that out. You're probably going to take it to your computer, look up the website, fill it online. So keep it near someplace you'll see it, but also that you can use it. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, All right. Well, let's talk about bucket lists. You and I have both written about this and declared ourselves not to be bucket list people. No, I'm not a bucket list person. (laughs) 
<laughs> but let me tell, I will tell you why I'm not a bucket list person. And I think it goes back a few years ago when people started using this term so much. And I had two back-to-back summers where I was basically a loser out of commission. The, I had one summer where I was pregnant with my third child who had me round-the-clock nauseous for 25 weeks of pregnancy. Mm. I mean, barely functioning. And I got pregnant like in May. So June, July, August were, I mean, the, the worst of the nausea. And then the following year, she was four, five, six months during that time. Um, she screamed in the car everywhere we went. She didn't sleep at night. So I had a hard pregnancy and a hard baby back-to-back summers. And th- I think those were the years where all the summer bucket list, like, cute templates on Pinterest, and mm. it just exploded. Mm. And so I felt a little grumpy about it. Stabby. I felt like I could not <laughs> even get through the day, let alone, like, check things off a bucket list. Um, so... I think that's the baggage that I carry around bucket lists, but I have come to a place where I want my kids to have, especially my older two kids, to have some place to write down, physically write down things they want to do this summer. Now that's a little, to me, it's different than a bucket list because I never guarantee we're going to do them, but you know, those conversations happen all the time. Like, Oh, can we go to Legoland this summer? I'm like, I don't know. We we need to look at the calendar and that's not going to happen right now. So why don't you put it on the list? And that kind of list I actually have. I've had it um, one, one year I had it on a big poster board. And as soon as they could write and just spell badly, they were responsible for putting it on the list. And then when we go to make plans, first of all, I think they feel heard or they feel like it's somewhere. And I don't just feel like they keep asking about the same thing. Right. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And the truth is, I do want to do some of those things. I mean, I hate fun, but I don't hate all fun. And I, we may want you don't to hate, You don't hate all fun equally. I don't hate equal. all fun all the time. <laughs> so passion. it actually keeps me accountable to looking at the schedule and being like, okay, well, let's actually plan. We've been saying we want to do this. Let's actually plan it. So I don't do a bucket list, but I am a big fan of lists and I'm a big fan of making my kids accountable for writing stuff they want to do down on the list because they might not be my priorities. Like the, right. the, the, maybe something they want to do. So we actually do keep a list, but it's not a bucket list. That was my long thing. That was a very, yeah, no, I get it. That that not that just a list of things we want to do though? My problem with the bucket list concept <laughs> is you know that I'm a rebel, right? Yes. And... I just feel like what's why does it have to have a cute name and all this expectation behind it? It's basically just everyone write down stuff they want to do, right? I mean, I think I don't like the idea of saying like now I'm going to write down 50 things I have like I want to do or I have to do. I feel like I want to leave a lot of room for exploration and I don't want to say I'm going to do something just because it's the cool thing to say you're going to do it. And uh, I just because I think I don't know. I don't like the word bucket I don't like the term bucket list. I have a lot of issues, um, but I totally agree. It's a good idea. If your kids are doing something that's important to them, I like the idea of writing it down either individually or everyone writing it in one place and then going through and deciding what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's like a stuff I want to do. It's like a to yeah. dream list. It's, it is like a to dream list. Exactly. Yeah. And my kids understand that we might not do all of those things this summer. So they're free to write down anything. A couple years ago, Allegra wanted to go on a cruise. I'm like, write it on the list. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Um, so, now, but do you do you make it into a cute chart? Do you no. put it on Pinterest? Okay, no. well, there, there, there you go. Last year, it was in a binder, and I think one year it was on a poster board, but we just all scrawled, like if you had a whiteboard or something. Um, and I, I tend to add things to the list or encourage them to think of things that are smaller because at different ages, kids get real excited about big ticket things. Like they know it's fun mm-hmm. to go to the water park or camping. Um, but I will sneak in there and write things like family movie night, bake cookies yeah. at home, um, go to the art store and get new chalk. Like so that yes. when, when we look so at that the list as a whole, to check off. <laughs> they actually get super excited about those things. They just forget that they can add those things because they seem a little right. more normal. Um, right. So I do think it's great to have if everybody can contribute. Um, and as soon as your kids can read and write, which has been like a big shift for us over the last year or two, it's it's that much more fun, you know, because it really is yeah. collaborative. Um, and, you know, and, and frankly, if you asked Violet, she probably would come up with something insane like <laughs> – go to Mars (laughs) or, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So so funny. Um, all right. So I, I would love to talk about thinking about the structure of your summer days, not that we have to schedule it all, but how does working from home, how has that worked for you in the summer? And what do you, like, how do you mentally prepare for the shift in having kids home from school? Okay. So not very well. (laughs) That's the answer. Um, survival mode, I go on, I, you know, I have the luxury of being able to kind of decide my workflow to some degree in the past. That's been more true than it'll be this year. I have way more clients this year. I have way more stuff. I just have to keep in the air. It's not like when I was blogging almost full time and I can just say, meh, Yeah, I can just not post today or I'll, you know, stay up late and crank something out. This is a little more like my, my life, my business life is becoming a lot more structured. So I have to be more structured. So I'll do things differently this year than I have. Um, the good news is the kids are older and I can go in my office and shut the door and kind of check out for a few hours yeah. and they can take care of things. The bad news is if I do that, it's very likely I'll come out. They'll still all be in their pajamas at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. They'll be watching TV. I mean, so I really, that's not really an option um, on an ongoing basis. That's more like emergency mode kind of option. Right, right. So this year, I mean, we'll take advantage of camps and things. Um, Our town has a free free camp that you can sign the kids up for. Mm -hmm. Um, It runs from like mid-June to mid-August, I think. I know, it's it's great. Um, I have found in the past that the kids aren't as excited about going there as like I wish they were. (laughs) Right. Because they want to do their own thing, you know. Um, one of the ways I've gotten them more excited about it is to to take a friend with them. So mm-hmm. I will start telling other people about it. Like, hey, don't forget to sign your kids up for that. And if they're going to go, like, if, if you want your kids to go on, like, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll drop them off together. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll ask my friend or whoever it is to pick up. But I find that having another kid to go with yeah. definitely makes that more fun. Um, it's just you got to be kind of – and I feel like people are all over the place. I know people who – cobble together work entire work schedules using only every vacation Bible school in town. Yes. Yes. 
That's a strategy right. that I envy, I but I just haven't people. been on top of it enough to do that. But, um, and I know people who use full-time daycare and full-time we camps should, in the we summer. We should pause and just explain that if you're just coming up into these years, that vacation Bible schools, I think pretty much across the country, are very, very inexpensive church-run Ours are all camps, free. And you Ours don't all have free. to belong to that church nope. or be philosophically, spiritually aligned with that church to send your kid in most cases, right? And they are usually dirt cheap and really fun. I mean, kids yeah. love them. I'm pretty sure ours are free. I don't, oh, I don't remember ever. Yeah. Oh I don't remember ever paying for one. They really want our kids. They, yeah. They so do. you have to, you have to deal with a certain amount of proselytizing depending on the, <laughs> depending on the denomination. Yes, you might want to be a, careful about it that. It is a church camp, but you don't have to pretend that you are oh, going to no, join. You don't, I mean, it's no, no, like no, no. Come one, come all. Yeah. Exactly. Um, some of them go from as as young as ages three and up. Uh, often the kids have to be potty trained. Some yep. of the, I mean, I remember getting a non potty trained three year old into um, a vacation Bible school once because it was only like two hours long, and yeah. the teachers were like, "Just keep your phone on you." And if you're if also if your problem, kids are about I'll to call. start preschool or about to start a school experience, it can be a nice little soft start if they're going with their yes. siblings or they know another yep. friend. And it's um, relaxed. It's yeah. play and yeah. And great, so you know the people running it are usually great. So yeah. yeah. So if you map it out, you can. I mean, you could really cobble together because they're usually like ours will usually be one like a church will have a whole week and it'll be two or three hours in the morning or in the evening. Mm-hmm. So you could really like cobble together a whole summer of that if you were yeah. very organized and you know just figured out which ones were doing it when and map it all out. Uh, yeah, I know people who do that. I joked about doing that. I, you know, we'd sign them up for one, then kind of forget about the rest. But right, um, but no, yeah, I, I, legitimate I, you're not way the first to keep your I've kids occupied. Them, so, um, other things like you know, camps can be very expensive. Day yes. camps, and so that's one reason that we've you know, but to times that by the number of kids that we have. Plus, my kids do activities during the day. Like they take there's a a tennis camp in town that's from like ten to eleven, I think every day. So I want them to do that. And so I can't really do that plus pay 300 right. bucks, 400 bucks or something for a camp or how, I mean, it could be more than that. I really don't yeah. even know. So um, we have not gone the summer, the day camp route. We could possibly, I could potentially see us doing one this year just to have a whole week where the kids are busy every day. Mm-hmm. It might help us kind of get ahead on stuff. I don't know. I also have office space outside of the home now. Mm-hmm. I have tried that several times in the past, and it's never really worked out because it turns out I really like working at home. I don't like to leave. Um, <laughs> but I think this year, to kind of keep myself organized, I'm really going to have to leave the house. Yeah. So they're going to well, have to go or I'm going to have to go. Yeah, and I think going back to printing out the at-a-glance or month-at-a-time calendar is helpful with all of this because obviously with camps you have to plan ahead. But even if you don't right. have deadlines to sign up for stuff – um, I'm just thinking of things like, well, I have a once a week sitter who's only for like two and a half hours. It's not very much, but I keep that going through the summer and she'll have all three kids instead of just Violet on Friday mornings. Um, but also things like date nights or hair appointments or the things that you, that are a priority for you anyway, it, it's not a bad time to look at that and make those things a priority. Otherwise we run the risk of letting all of that slide during the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that's the healthiest. So no. whatever that looks like for you, whether it's your exercise class that now you're going to need childcare for or however summer messes with your own, the, the priorities that are important to you and your partnership, you know, it's it's worth a look to see how you can continue those things. doesn't mean you have to rigidly stay on your 12-month schedule, but, you know, those right. things are a priority too. 
I like to have a reason to get up and out of the house at a reasonable time, at least several mornings a week in the mm-hmm. summer. I don't like to do it every day because then I start to get irritated. Like, why do we even have summer if I just have right. to get up early? But, you know, I'm seeing a trainer now at the gym. So uh-huh. I'm planning on actually making my appointments a little earlier than they currently are in the summer mm-hmm. because I'm going to want to get them out of the way so we can do other stuff. And frankly, I need some structure around getting mm-hmm. me out of my pajamas, getting the mm-hmm. kids out of their pajamas, like getting our day started because the summer, it's just so easy you know, it's like warm and there's really no reason to get dressed. You can just kind of slop around in your shorts or whatever you're wearing. And, you know, it's it's just like I, I, I kind of need that right. nudge right. out the door. Um, I just won't do it every day because I do like yeah. to have a couple of lazy days in the summer and I as think, well. I but. think that's a great point is knowing knowing your rhythms, knowing your mm-hmm. uh, tendencies. Um, and then I always – I feel like I'm a broken record on this. But letting your kids know what to expect, especially when they're young. So – Like I, if Violet continues to take a nap, we're like nearing the end of guaranteed naps. But if I can get her to continue to take a nap most days during the summer, that is my time. And the big kids know that. So they can Mm. do almost anything. They, um, but it's gotta be independent. They can play together. They can play outside. They can read. Um, and I will find them something to do if they need help, but that is my time. And they know that. So it doesn't feel like a takeaway, you know? Right. So I think whatever, whatever the thing, whatever the system is, letting your kids know what to expect, um, it always sets them up for success, I think. Yeah. Um, yep. Absolutely. So going back to your detailed, um, clothing swap out post a couple of yeah. years ago, I think the summer after I had those two worthless summers, the next summer I was like super gung ho and I have probably one of our biggest Pinterest sensation posts that we ever did together was about, um, creating a summer schedule for your kids who don't understand schedules. And I, I have not done this since full confession, just like your, your clothing needs have evolved. This has evolved for me, but if you're mm-hmm. looking for a way for like preschool and young kids age to be able to know what to expect in a summer day and not be nagging you all day long for when are we going to do something fun? Where are we going today right. when they can't tell time and they can't really read? Um, I will point you guys to this post. It's called my just structured enough summer schedule for kids. And it involves some of the things we just talked about, having them put ideas on the list, having them understand certain blocks of the day are nap time or whatever. But I actually, it's actually like a full detailed system. So I will point you guys to that post in the show notes. And if you're at that stage, I think it can be really helpful, but full disclosure, I am not doing it anymore. So we reserve, (laughs) we reserve the right to evolve. Um, Yeah. So what else? What have we not covered? We've covered getting your home ready, getting your clothes and toys ready, getting rid of paper, um, how to, how to make sure you don't miss out on the fun things that are going on in the summer. Um, how to find time for work and yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, is there anything to say about beginning mentally ready? I don't know. Do we even need to get mentally ready? I guess I'm, I'm ready. (laughs) I think I'm ready. Are we mentally ready to be done with school? Should we talk about that? Yeah. Because that last year we did an entire episode where we just complained about the end of the school year. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, maybe that's what I'm talking about. Like, are we mentally ready for what's coming the next three weeks? Like, <laughs> yes. are we? I mean, I'm. I don't know what advice I could give except just. I I feel like I know a lot of teachers, and everyone is falling apart right now. Yeah. Everybody. So it's not just you. If it's, if your house, I mean, maybe that's really the takeaway at the end of this is like, if right now you are not getting lunches packed and you're forgetting snack half the time and their homework is slipping and 
they're wearing the same clothes more than, you know, they should be or whatever it is, whatever, however things are starting to fall apart for you. People at home are like, God, Megan, you're terrible. (laughs) (laughs) You're a terrible mother. Um, Not all of those things are happening every day for me, but some of those things are happening, you know, at least once a week. So some of the time. Um, I think everyone is there. Yeah. Teachers are there. Administration is there. Kids are there. Yep. Moms are there. We all know where this is heading. It's a downward spiral. Yes. Lean um, in. Lean yes. in. <laughs> um, and the Just other go with it. I will say about getting ready for summer is that while we're recording this in May and it's to give you guys some inspiration to think ahead, it's the summer is not lost. We talked about this when we talked about going yes. back to school. You don't have a deadline of June 1st to feel ready for summer. Like if you right. – I love that first week where we don't do anything. There's no structure. There's no rules. We're just mm-hmm. like wallowing in not packing lunches and not changing out of our pajamas. And then, right. you know, you do that for a week or 10 days and everybody's ready to shift. So yes. And there's time to catch up I- at that point. Yeah. We're giving you these ideas – early, but this is, it doesn't, it's not like it's all got to be ready. You don't have to have your right. flip-flops shined and your sand toys in the car like on the first right. day of summer. Exactly. It's an yeah. And if, and if you do find yourself, you know, and if you're someone like me who like, I'll find myself, I'll wallow in that, you know, revel in that lack of structure and just get myself all dug down into it. And then sometimes it's like a switch that flips and I flip right back to structure like, oh, let's go and let's get organized. And sometimes it's a much harder climb. Like I really have to dig out. But if you find yourself in dig out mode, I just, you know, like my regular to-do list is a separate thing, but sometimes I'll just literally have like the simplest, most obvious to-do list when I get kind of in that slump. And it'll be like, just like that, like put the beach toys in the car. That might be on my I can't dig out of this list. Right. And you knock calendar. a few. I literally yeah. sometimes write on print my to-do calendar. list to print my calendar, which sometimes yeah. printing the calendar gives me more of a to-do list. But sometimes that's just step number one. Right. Yeah. The, the, I think that the more you – I think the, the easier you make it on yourself, sometimes ridiculously easy, the easier it is sometimes to start digging out. And yeah. and it is that. there. It's a big transition going from every day being – structured and busy to suddenly nothing. So be go easy on yourself. Go easy on yourself. That is a perfect place to conclude. Well, we have a little giveaway to do um, for our listeners. And if you've been with us from the beginning, you've heard us talk about we have a little ebook called Summer Shortcuts. And it's basically Megan and I being super lazy all summer and sharing with you guys the shortcuts that we take during the summer. Um, If you don't have that ebook, we're going to give it away to as many people as want to participate. And all we're going to ask is that if you haven't left us an iTunes review, um, please do. You can review us honestly. If you only think we're so-so, just say so. No, but we would love some honest reviews on iTunes. Um, At themomhour.com on our website, we will link to how you can do that if you've never left an iTunes review. And then all you need to do to um, get the ebook is just leave us a comment on the show notes for this post, episode 51, um, telling us you left us a review. It's an honor system. If you've already done it six months ago, just tell us that. And I will just personally email everybody who leaves that comment um, and email you a copy of the Summer Shortcuts ebook. So it's really simple. And make sure, so just make sure you fill in an accurate email address. Yes. So when you leave your comment telling us, um, yes. just say, hey, I left you guys a review on iTunes. When you leave that comment, it will ask for an email address. That's the email address I will email your book to. It yep. doesn't show up publicly, but it will in our system so I know how to find you. 
So yes, yeah. good point. Um, so again, you just head over to the momhour.com, look for episode 51 and leave us a comment there telling us that you left us an iTunes review. And that's how I will find you and send you our little ebook. It's really fun. There's some fun tips and yeah. you guys might think we're more lazy than even you thought we were. If you <laughs> get ready. Get ready for the level <laughs> of slackerness that happens. Um, awesome. Well, before we wrap, what is happening in your house this week? Did oh. you go to Chicago this week, I saw? I did. Okay. So our friend Asha Dornfest, author yes. of Parent Hacks, um, had a book event. So I went and hung out with her and John Went and uh, some other interesting – her illustrator, Creighton, and some other interesting people. And uh, Jessica Ashley, who blogs at Single Mom Nation and has a podcast there as well, um, her boyfriend's restaurant hosted oh, cool. hosted Asha. It was really nice. It was and I'm, her book is she's on she's like blowing up right now. Like she's yes. on the news all the time yeah. and she's did a multi city tour. So definitely we could link to that book as well in in yes. the show notes. It, it's a great gift book too. It's, it's really great really adorable. And I interviewed yeah. Asha um in our first special bonus interview, um, which should be available by the time you guys are listening to this. So I'll yep. link to that as well. Well, that yeah. is fun. Always fun to support about, fellow authors. Yeah. Podcasters. What about you? What do you got going on this week? So it's a normal week here, but next week my little sister is getting hitched. So nice. all of the wedding planning that's been happening um, is coming to a head because there's an actual wedding. Um, are your kids in the All in the, three of my kids are in the wedding, as am I. But, you know, they're being so great about the kids. Um, her fiancé has a bunch of nieces and nephews, too, all little kids. And they just want the kids included for fun. They don't have yeah, any, that's nice. any hopes that it will be perfect. Like, if a kid quits halfway down the aisle, they will be more accepting than any bride and groom. So it's very low pressure. Everything we bought the kids to wear was inexpensive. It's been super low key. And it is nice. I've been at weddings and in weddings where my kids are some of the only kids at the wedding. So even yeah. though we haven't met the groom side yet, um, it's very comforting that like both sides are bringing gaggles of small children. So I think it's going to be really nice. kid friendly and fun because I've put in yeah. a lot of years as like the lady with a lot of kids at weddings, different family and friend weddings. So it's nice to, and my kids will have playmates. So, that well, that reminds fun. me, I had, I had one other thing to share, yeah. um, but I, I could have shared it last week because it happened a week ago, but I wasn't, I didn't want to jump the, the new mommies, you know, I didn't want to steal her thunder. I wasn't sure right. when she was going public, but if she hasn't gone public yet, then it's too late for her. Um, John's sister, Beth had twins last <gasps> week. I know you Henry and Hugh. So yes, cute. and then the and picture we, I, they looked very plump and healthy. They're I robust twins. Yeah, yeah, they're they're both over five pounds. Ready, to Henry go and out the Hugh, gate. and um, she only I think she made it to like thirty six weeks. So yeah. for thirty six week babies, those twins, those are yeah, they're pretty hefty, and I cannot wait to get my hands on those babies. Ah, oh so gosh. hopefully next week. Congratulations! They live a few hours away. I, it makes me just uh, twins sounds amazing and overwhelming. Yeah. And but overwhelming, I've been so I impressed with the twin moms that I know. They end up being yeah. like just really cool people because how else could you turn out after <laughs> that? Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So that's exciting cool. too. Well, we will be back next week, everybody, with episode 52. And we would love to hear from you. We gave you a lot of info in this episode. So hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or on our website at The Mom Hour. And find us wherever we are. Shoot us an email, hello at themomhour.com. And wherever you are on the internet, we are most likely there, except Snapchat. Snapchat, we're not no, there. We're not there. I'm not there. 
but we do love hearing from you. And if you have other great um, getting ready for summer tips or have questions about any of ours, hit us up and we promise we will get back to you. So looking forward All to right. next week. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if mom, our listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening and leave the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.